Prayer is for the weak. Prayer is nothing but a sugar cube, a placebo for the simple-minded, for the spiritually weak. Prayer is useless. Prayer is pointless. Ever hear things like that before? People say all kinds of things about why they think prayer is either pointless or powerless. But you know what? People can say all they want, but Christians believe what God says. And this is what God has to say about prayer in James chapter 5. Here's what it says. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now this doesn't mean that if you're a really, really good person and do really good things, then whatever you want in prayer, you get that all the time. No, what this means is that a righteous person, a believer, who's covered with the forgiveness of Jesus, that person has prayers that are powerful and effective. In other words, a believer's prayers work. If you read further in this chapter of James, James chapter 5, it goes on to give the example of Elijah. Elijah was a person in the first part of the Bible, in the Old Testament, a prophet. And yet it says here in James that Elijah was a human being just like the rest of us, and yet his prayers were powerful. One time Elijah prayed and it stopped raining for three and a half years. And at the end of that time, he prayed again and God made it to rain. Now that's powerful and effective. This always makes me think about another real life story from my own life, from my own ministry, my second year as a pastor. We had this annual kids' carnival event that we ran, bounce houses, face painting, you know, that kind of stuff, a big outreach event. Well, in our first year, we had maybe about 200 people come. It was pretty good, but we were praying hard for God's blessings. The problem is, as we looked at the forecast, it was supposed to rain that day in Florida. Sure enough, I woke up that morning and there were clouds everywhere. It looked gloomy. It said it was going to rain. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that day, Lord, this is an easy thing for you. You've done it before. Lord, you did it for Elijah. This is an event for you and, and for your kingdom and to reach out to people with the good news of Jesus. Lord, make it not rain today, please, but your will be done. Well, sure enough, that day, not only did it not rain, but it was completely sunny all day long. And on top of that, we smashed the previous year's blessings with almost 800 people in attendance that day. Now, some might say we got lucky with the weather. Others might say, well, you had pretty good advertising. But I would say what God says. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And there were lots of believers praying for that event. This story today of prayer and the power of prayer and how God works in prayer is so important. God always answers our prayers powerfully. Not always how we want or how we think, but he always answers in love and according to his will. So come back this week as we talk about the power of prayer and see God's work in our lives. Prayer is powerful. We talked about that yesterday, and there are countless examples of people in the Bible, even Jesus, our Savior, who prayed to our Heavenly Father and incredible things happened. So I suppose that begs the question, well, what should I pray about? 
Maybe we should pray only when big things come up in life. Maybe we don't want to bother God with all the countless little things. There's so many people, so many believers. Maybe wait for those key moments, sort of keep your prayers in reserve. No, I want you to think about this verse today. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God wants to hear all your troubles, big and small and everything in between, because he cares for you. He loves you. Now, if you're like me, though, maybe you take advantage of this open-door invitation from God. And, and when I pray, I know it tends to be a little self-centered, self-focused about me and, and my friends and my family and the people I love the most. In other words, I kind of drift off and, and forget things to pray for. So here's a little tip for you today, a little acronym to help you in your prayers. It's the word ACTS, A-C-T-S. The letter A stands for adoration or praise. Our prayers can and should include praise to God, praise for his blessings, the countless gifts of grace he showers us with, of course, for Jesus and his forgiveness. I mean, read the Psalms sometime and you will find endless prayers of praise. The letter C is the word confession. Our prayers can and should include confessing our sins, our many wrongs to God. And here's the awesome thing. When we lay our sins at Jesus' feet in prayer, we can know every time they are all washed clean in his blood. The letter T stands for thanks. Here's a little test for you. Think for a moment, all the things you ask for in prayer how often do you actually follow up with a prayer of thanks? I mean, even so simple as, Lord, please let this plane land safely. How many times do you actually thank God then when you returned home safe and sound? So our prayers can and should include thanks. Finally, the letter S stands for supplication. Big word, you can see in supplication the word supplies. So these are the things that you need, that others need, that our world, that our country needs. Prayers for healing, prayers for help. It's good and right to pray for yourself and for many others for all the things that are needed in life. Keep in mind this acts of prayer, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. When you keep in mind those things, your prayer life will be more complete, more robust, and certainly more fruitful by God's grace. Here's a good question for you to debate and, and stew on today. Which is better? Memorize prayers that you might repeat over and over again in life or from the heart prayers, a prayer that you would make up as you go? Well, let's think these through a little bit today. A from the heart prayer can be a very special thing. After all, it's from your heart. It's something that's on your mind. It's pertinent to the present. It's what's going on in your life or in the world right now. It's what's on your mind. There's nothing better than taking your cares to your Heavenly Father who cares about you, just as precious as a child going to their father here in this world. Now, as good as from the heart prayers can be, I know how my prayers go. And very often, well, I pray a lot about myself and I forget to pray about certain things, world events, other people. I ramble on, I go on tangents, or I just fall asleep. 
So this is where memorized prayers can be a great blessing too. They usually have a very definitive start and end. They're very focused. If someone took the time to write this, and especially the more well-known ones, they're probably well-known for a reason. They have great content about things or events or maybe certain people. After all, let's not forget, the most famous prayer of all time is a memorized prayer, the Lord's Prayer. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And, and note that Jesus didn't say, well, you just kind of ramble on and on and on and just say whatever's on your mind and that'll be fine. No, Jesus taught them to say certain things specifically with great content and great meaning and to repeat it over and over again. On the other hand, I know the downside of these kinds of prayers, if you can say there's a downside to prayer, it's because of my own weakness. Maybe you've seen this before or done it yourself. It's getting in that rote routine and the habit that you just say the same thing over and over again. You know, like, Our Father who art in heaven, what time is it now? Is church almost done yet? Is it time to go home? Or I think about my son when he was like three or four and we were doing one of those famous bedtime prayers and, and I look over at him and all of a sudden I see he's upside down going like this. And now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to start this one all over. This is not what it's about. So what's the answer to the question? Which is better, a memorized prayer or a from-the-heart prayer? Maybe it's obvious. Neither is better. They're, they're both great. So my suggestion to you, mix it up a bit. Have your prayers that are pertinent to right now, the things that are on your heart. Take your cares to the Lord. But then sprinkle in some great memorized prayers too. Of course, use the Lord's Prayer, but maybe look up some of the more famous bedtime prayers or what people sometimes call the common table prayers. If you don't know those, go Google them and, and find a search for those. Or maybe use some songs or hymns or psalms from the Bible. Those are great prayers to memorize too. Either way, know that all of your prayers that you bring to God by faith, he is glad to hear and answer every time. When should I pray? Not long ago, I was traveling internationally and I happened to stop overnight in the city of Dubai. And I definitely knew it was prayer time in the airport because all of a sudden you could hear over the loudspeaker these prayers being said in Arabic. And then I got to the hotel and, and I went to check in my room and there was a prayer room and very specifically on the wall was the prayer clock, countdowns to the second of when the five prayer times of the day are. Is this what I should do in my life? Should I have set times for prayer? Should I pray when I wake up and go to bed, maybe before meals, sprinkle in a couple special prayers here and there, go to church and call it a day, call it a prayer life? Well, maybe not quite. Well, here's what the Bible says. Some of you may know this famous verse. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 where it says, pray continually. Some of you might even know the older English version of that verse, pray without ceasing. Well, okay, but what does that mean? What does that look like? Does that mean I, I wander around all day long kind of mumbling to myself, sort of chronicling my life to God all day long? No, I don't think that's quite it. This is why I like the more modern English version, pray 
continually. In other words, prayer should be a continual, or even better, a regular part of your day. So yes, it's very good and right to pray when you wake up and, and to end your day with prayer too. And yes, it's very good to thank God for our blessings and pray before we eat each time. And, and yes, bring your special prayers to God too. But how about some other times of the day? What about like when you're driving to work? Could you pray for two or three or four minutes while you're stuck in traffic? How about when you're exercising, taking a walk, running, biking? Can, can you fill some of that time with prayer time? Or maybe when you're taking a break from work, a break from emails, a break at home, instead of checking your social media, how about you take two or three minutes to pray? Or, or maybe even use your phone and your contacts or your, your Facebook friends and, and pray for those people in those minutes. Can you find time at home with your spouse or with your family? Can you pray before you go on vacation and after vacation when you get home safe? These are all times when you can spend time talking to the Lord in prayer. You know, a wise person once said, prayer is the heartbeat of faith. In the same way that I would know there's a problem if my wife and my children aren't talking to me because there's no communication going on, so there's also kind of a problem if I'm not talking to my Heavenly Father. God wants us to pray. God tells us to pray. God is ready to answer our prayers. So friends, pray and pray continually. Last Christmas, we had the usual family experience. Kids are tearing through presents, wrapping paper, bows, flying all over the place, and, and they're having a great time, and I'm sure that they loved the presents they were getting, well, most of them at least. But there was a certain point where I noticed there was this look on their face like, hmm, I guess we're not going to get any big ones this year. Is that what your prayer life is like? Maybe you're, you're kind of happy and content with the blessings God has given you, but perhaps you've been fervently praying for something for a while and eventually you just come to the resolution, hmm, well, I guess God's not going to answer that prayer. You know, with my children last Christmas, what they didn't know was that we were waiting all the way to the end for the big reveal, a big surprise about a special family trip. There was a bigger present yet to come. In the same way, we aren't God. We're his children. And our Heavenly Father, he knows what's best and he knows his plans for us, what's coming down the road. Recently, I saw this little picture, a little comic, I guess, on the internet. Maybe you've seen it too. It's a picture of a little girl and she's holding this teddy bear. And the depiction on the, the little picture says this, But Jesus, I really want it! Meanwhile, as Jesus is looking at the girl, he's holding behind his back this ginormously big teddy bear. See, the point is, she thought she wanted this so badly, but she didn't know that Jesus had something better in store. I've said it before and I'll say it again, we need to think differently about how we talk about God answering prayers. Sometimes we think about it very simply and we say, well, God answers prayers with yes or no or, well, maybe later. And, and that's fine and good, but I think there's something that we can take as a little better than that. How does God answer prayers? Take it this way. God either says yes 
or I've got something better. So think about this for a moment. You're at work and you're praying very hard because you know there's this new raise, this new promotion available, and, and you want that. And for good reason, you want to provide for yourself and your family. These are good things. Well, maybe God says yes, and you get that raise or that promotion. But maybe, maybe God's got something better. Maybe he wants to teach you patience or contentment. Or maybe you even lose your job, but then eventually find something even better in the first place. Or maybe you're praying for a friend, a dear loved one, a family member who has cancer. And God might answer with a yes, and then there might be healing, there might be remission from that cancer. But there might also be the I've got something better answer. And really, what could be better than being in heaven and eternal life? If you have time, sometime soon, how about today? Read Romans chapter 8. It is a beautiful chapter of the Bible. There's so much in it about prayer. This is the Bible chapter that says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. But you know what? It goes on to say this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not graciously, along with him, give us all things? In other words, if God loved you and this whole world so much that he sent his son Jesus for you, don't you think he loves you enough to provide for you, to care for you, to hear and answer your prayers? Of course he does. Friends, as we think about the power of prayer this week, know the power is in God's love, who hears every prayer and always answers according to his will what's best and good for you and because he loves you so much. That, that is what makes prayer so powerful. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast and we'd love for this podcast to be a blessing to you in the days to come. So if you could share this podcast, subscribe so that every episode ends up in your feed or just leave us a review, we would love more and more people to hear this message so that their lives can be surrounded and blessed by the grace of God. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.